Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Man, it is good to be home. You know, I, it's been, I, I've missed three weeks. Like, man, I, I haven't missed three weeks in years and years and years. I, I normally don't do that, but we were at the prison and then we were away. And uh, I gotta tell you, just, just so you know, I look forward to getting home to this church more than you can even imagine. All right? I just love coming back and seeing everybody and, well, most of you. And uh, just teasing. But I do. I really look forward to getting back. And uh, let me give a shout out to the Haneyville campers. I know they're, they said they'd be watching this morning. You know, they're all, the camping call is off camping this weekend. My daughter, my grandkids, Eric, the Miles clan, the McGinnis clan, they're all up there in Haneyville. And no, I don't wish I was there. (laughs) But anyhow, turn with me this morning, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I do want to, I do have another message to preach in the Moneybox series, and that that message is going to be entitled when I get to it, and I don't know when that'll be. But I want to preach a message at some point, because we had done some messages on that called grace-based giving and faith-based giving. And I have one that I've entitled that George and I were talking about one day that's called reward-based giving. I mean, you know, the Bible says there are rewards. I mean, you know, it's okay to know that there are rewards from God. Hello? I mean, come on, the Bible's rich with talking about it. And it's okay for us to know that there is a reward. As a matter of fact, I mean, you know, as his stewards, we work for the rewards of the master. Amen? Well, some of you aren't very smart if you don't think that's right. Come on now. I mean, I want, I want God to bless me. How I many want God to bless you? I want his blessings. But that'll be another time. Today I'm going to do a, a, a series of messages. I'm going to start with the God heart. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in our world today, isn't there? There's a lot of unrest, is there not? How, how many of you have some winds that swirl in your own life? How many of you ever see the work of the devil in your life against your family, your friends, or whatever it may be? I mean, the Bible is very clear. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. He came to deceive. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We have to, as a body of Christ, we have to come to a place where we either really believe there's a spirit world that wars against us or not. How many know you don't have to convince third world countries in many places across the world? You're interrupting me. If you don't like to laugh, don't come here. That we indeed do live and are impacted by a spiritual realm that you don't have to convince many other countries of the world of that, but sometimes in America, I'm not sure that the American church sometimes really buys into that. But I want to talk a little bit about what Paul said to the Ephesians. And so the mess of the series is actually going to be entitled Stand Firm, because Paul talked about standing firm. All right, take with Ephesians chapter six, and I'll begin with this first verse here that says, Paul says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against, stand firm against the schemes of the devil. All right? Watch this. So so understand something. Paul says, he he first of all says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand firm against the schemes of the enemy. And so understand something this morning. The armor of God is to protect us from the schemes, the methods, the trickery, the deceit and the craftiness of the devil. And, as it goes on in this portion of Scripture, his rollers, powers, and the world forces of wickedness. So how many believe this morning that Paul knows what he's talking about when he says there are rollers, powers, and world forces of wickedness at work in this world? How many believe this morning that those things can have a tendency to try to toss you to and fro, if you will, in your faith? All right, so... Then Paul says, for, well, it ain't on my sheet. (laughs) I have no idea what's going on here this morning. Listen to me. So, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. 
How many of you know this morning that your neighbor isn't your problem? Uh, come on, how many of you know this morning that your enemy is not necessarily your problem? That our battle, our struggle, is not against flesh and blood, but against who? Against the rollers, the powers, the world forces of this darkness, all right, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. For our struggle, I mean, so Paul's depicting our life as this struggle, all right, as this battle, as this fight, if you will. And it's not against flesh and blood, but how many know many times what's going on in the spirit realm will manifest itself through flesh and blood? Amen? I, I said to somebody this week, I talked to Sam Ballot this week. No, I really didn't talk to Sam Ballot, but I talked to somebody who I believe has a Sam Ballot spirit, but I'll get into that another time. All right? But understand something. So Paul says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, our struggle. Now, what does that word struggle mean? Okay, struggle. That word in the Greek means this. It's a wrestling contest between two, uh, between two in which each endeavors to throw the other and which is decided when the victor is able to hold his opponent down with his hand upon his neck. Some of you remember doing that to your little brother. Right? My sisters did it to me. Until one day they realized he grew up. He got muscles now. Right? This is what Pastor Troy used to do to, to, to Tucker and I. So there's this struggle. And this struggle, the word says, it is a wrestling contest where the enemy is trying to throw us, to throw us, to throw us down so he can then take his hand and put it around our neck and conquer us. I don't know about you. I don't want nobody holding me by the neck. Right, man? Okay. And I have no idea what's happening with my keynote. So Paul says, now, therefore, again, he says, therefore, since you are in this kind of a struggle where the enemy is wrestling against you to throw you off, and to get you down to put his hand on your neck. He said, therefore, you take the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. All right? He said, then now, now he goes on. And he says, this is how to stand firm. Stand for, therefore, girded loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you were able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, when you look at this, you see all these things. You see the, the breastplate of righteousness. You see the belt of truth. You see the helmet of salvation, all right? And sometimes we really do a lot of getting into all those different elements, helmet, breastplate. But you know, if you strip that down, just strip it away. Paul says, therefore, stand firm in truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. Let's just strip away all of the stuff that he's using to illustrate, the breastplate and the helmet, and just get to those few words that I can stand firm, and how I stand firm is truth, I stand firm in righteousness. I stand firm in peace. I stand firm in faith. I stand firm in salvation. And I stand firm in the word of God. Now what I'm gonna to do today is I'm gonna finish the rest of this message and I'm gonna focus on one part of that. Is how do you and I stand firm in truth? That we can, you and I, in this day and age, that you and I can stand firm against the enemy who's trying to throw us down, grip us by the neck, so therefore to conquer us. And the way that we resist that is by truth, all right? So let's set this up. First, I want you to understand this first and foremost. John 8, verse 44, Jesus said this about the devil. He says, he was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. The whole nature of the devil is falsehood. The whole nature of the devil is one of lies. 
And Jesus says when he speaks, he's speaking from his very nature. How many know you will speak from what you are? How many know if you're a critical person, your, spirit, your, your speech will be critical? If you're a positive person, there's pretty much a chance you'll have some positive words. The fact is you will speak eventually from the nature. You can hide it for a while, but how many know it eventually will come out? Okay, now get this. So from this lying nature, the devil speaks lies to get us. What's, he, what's, his, what's his motive? What's his goal? What's he want to do? I believe his number one mission, his number one goal is to speak lies so that you and I would believe a distorted view of God and his nature. That I, I, he wants us to view God through a skewed perspective. All right? For example, you know what the question is in Rostov country right now? Why did God allow that to happen? The devil, through his powers and authorities in wicked places, perpetrated through human flesh evil upon the world. And guess who gets the blame? God. All right? He speaks lies to us about God so that we would be able to have a distorted view of God and his nature. From this lying nature, the devil wants us to believe lies. Why? So that we will act and react from his, this distorted view of God. Because how many know you act upon what you believe God? You act upon how you view God. All right? So now if he can, hey, what did I do? Tell me later. <laughs> I'm sure I did it. You know, this is how Troy treats me. I just want to give you, I just want you to feel bad for me, okay? Like, I sent him this thing this morning. He looked at that title. And he said, and he looked at this title page and he said, I'm sure you didn't create that. Is that that's just me. Everybody said, aw. And of course he was right. <laughs> okay. From his lying nature, the devil wants us to believe his lies so that we will act and react from his distorted view of God. If I can get you to buy into this, I can get you to act according to it, and I can get you to react to that. Now, okay, so let me give it to you in a picture, all right? Here's this, Genesis chapter three. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. And the serpent then says to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat it from, your eye, eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Wow. Do you see what's happening here? All of a sudden, here we are. We can go clear back to the beginning of the Bible and we can see the enemy orchestrating lies to God's humanity to bring a distorted view of God to humanity so they would act and react upon it. And I would suggest to you today that much of those same lies there are the same lies today that he's still using to deceive people. All right, let's take a look at some of these for just a moment. The first thing that he wants you to believe is this. All right? The devil wants us to believe God isn't good and he withholds good from us. He, he looks at Eve and says, did God really say this? And all of a sudden she says, yes. No, no, no. All of a sudden he says, what? No, no, no. God is keeping something good from you. He isn't good. He's keeping that knowledge from you. He's keeping something good from you. How many of you ever might have thought, you don't have to raise your hand this morning, but how many of you ever might have thought sometime in your life that God might have been keeping something good from you? That he might be withholding something good, all right? Maybe he did it in an unsafe state, all right? That there was a moment where he's like, I don't know that he's good. I'm not sure he's good. If he, how many have ever said this? If God is good, then why this? God wants us to, the enemy wants us to question God's goodness. Now, I know this morning that there's a lot of you here, like me, you've been saved for a long time, and you know all the right answers. But can we just, for a moment, remember when we didn't have all the right answers. That maybe when our faith was a little weak at times, here and there. That he wants us to believe God isn't good and withhold good from us. And then he looks at her and he says, what? 
the devil wants us to believe God isn't truthful and he withholds truth from us. He, he was getting Eve, one, to question the goodness of God and then he got her to believe, to disbelieve the truth of God. God didn't really say, did he? And then the third question, the third thing, the devil wants us to believe God isn't just and will withhold judgment for our sin. Do you see what happened? He looks at Eve. God isn't good because he's withholding good from you. That's his accusation. Get her to buy into that. And he's holding the truth from you. And oh, by the way, you surely won't die if you eat of it. How many know God's judging our sin? How many know this morning that there are some who would say, if he's a good God, how can he judge people's sin? How can he send people to hell? How can he allow people to go to hell if he's a good God? He's a good God, but he's also a just God. And he's also a God of judgment. He's also a God of justice. But the moment you don't believe in his justice or his judgment or his righteousness, how many know you will act upon the lie of the enemy which will lead you into sin? Yes, praise the Lord. Let me go on. I'm just setting it up. I didn't even start preaching yet, right? Now, these three lies, I believe they still permeate our society today. God isn't good, isn't truth, and he's not just. And he's not going to judge you, right? So how do I stand, how do I stand firm against the lies of the enemy that he's perpetrating against me in order to throw me so that he can then grab me by the neck and destroy me and conquer me? How, does, how do I do that? All right, well, let me take you on a little journey this morning through the scriptures. Can I do that? Good, praise the Lord. Because you know I haven't been here in three weeks, so this is probably gonna be a really long sermon. I love when at least one person claps. Because it's gonna be a really long, and some of us are going, oh, shut, shut. The rest of you are all looking at him saying, would you shut up, you idiot? All right, let me take you on a journey. So now, first of all, how do I offset these lies that he has perpetrated, the schemes, the methods, the trickery, the deceit, the craftiness that the Bible talks about, that he and his powers and his authorities are permeating in our society to cause us to get thrown off and thrown down. How do I do that? Well, let me give you this first statement. This first statement is this. First of all, we stand firm because Jesus is the truth that offset the lies of the enemy about God. All right, now think about this for a moment. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this. And the word became flesh, who is Jesus, and he dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me say something to you this morning. Jesus didn't just speak truth. How many know Jesus was truth? He didn't just, you, you know, when you saw Jesus, you weren't just hearing words of truth. You were seeing truth embodied. All right, we have to understand something this morning that we stand firm because, listen to me, okay, let's think about that. The enemy wants you to question the goodness of God. Well, how do I see the God, goodness of God? In Jesus, all right, first of all, we stand firm because Jesus is the truth that reveals the goodness of God. Do you wanna see what God looks like? Pick up the Gospels and read about Jesus. You want to know how God thinks? You read about Jesus. You want to know what he says? You read Jesus. We want to see the goodness of God? God showed us his goodness in the person of Jesus Christ. How many know that he was the perfect embodiment of truth? The perfect embodiment of grace. All right, so first of all, when the enemy comes to you, and he begins to get you to question the goodness of God, where do you turn? I would suggest to you this morning, you turn to the life of Jesus. Start there, all right? You start with the life of Jesus, right? Think about this for a moment, all right? He wants you to get to a place where you question God's goodness, but it's Jesus that reveals the goodness of God, all right? We stand firm because Jesus is the truth that reveals the truth about God, all right? How many times I hear people say stuff about God that doesn't look like Jesus? They say stuff about God that doesn't sound like Jesus, right? 
It's amazing to me when I see or hear Christians lash out with such hate because somebody is a different political persuasion. Now, I may not agree with them, but I don't hate them. It is amazing to me how I can hear Christians who somehow can justify hatred towards a color of skin, but yet that's not Jesus, therefore it's not God. How I many of there's a lot of things that we throw out as truth that aren't God because they aren't Jesus? If it's not Jesus, it's not God. All the truth of God was revealed in Jesus Christ. Right? All right, let me go, because I got a really long sermon. <laughs> all right? The devil wants us to believe, all right, we stand firm because Jesus is the truth. Now watch this. Through whom God judged the sin of men. Now, get this for a moment. In the beginning, in the book of Genesis, he gets Eve to sin because he lies to her and says, oh, no, 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 you won't die. God won't judge your sin. You'll be okay. Go ahead and do it. So though, how many know that Adam and Eve found out that God was a God of judgment, that God would judge sin? And he drove them from the garden. In the New Testament, what do we see? God still judges sin, but praise God for you and I, he chose to judge it through his son, Jesus Christ, on Calvary's cross. That I stand firm, because let me tell you something. Here's what's going to happen. Now, <laughs> this is so crazy. The enemy comes to us, gets us to buy into a lie. Out of that lie, we sin. And then he says to us, God's going to kill you. You're going to be condemned. And all of a sudden, we look at him and say, no, 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 no. Let me tell you the truth of God's word. The truth is he judged my sin on Calvary's cross, and I am saved and I am forgiven. I'm not walking around in guilt. I'm not walking around in shame. I'm not walking around. I'm, I, I, listen to me this morning. Listen to me. I was a sinner saved by grace, but how many know now I'm a son of God? This is the truth, devil. Let me tell you the truth, devil. I am not a perfect son of God. I am a saved son of God. I am a redeemed son of God. Let me throw the truth back in you because God, you got to know something, devil. God judged my sin. He did. When he put it on Jesus on Calvary. And by faith, I am forgiven. And by grace, I stand. Come on, church. you got to know the truth to fight the devil. He did judge sin, but he judged it in Jesus. If he judged it through Jesus, why are you walking condemned? Because it's not God putting that condemnation on you. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on. All truth that offsets the lies of the devil about God begins and ends with Jesus. If it doesn't begin and end with Jesus, it ain't truth. If it don't begin and end with Jesus, it's not truth. All right? If your truth doesn't include Jesus somewhere, it's not truth. All right, let me continue. Say, please do. All right? Let me go on. Look at this scripture. So Jesus was saying, John chapter 8. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you're truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. <laughs> I mean, how many, have ever quoted, how many have ever quoted that? The truth shall make me free. The truth will make you free. How many have ever quoted that? How many ever knew the first part of it? How many know there's a first part? The first part, if you hold to my word, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth. Let me tell you something this morning, church. We stand firm today because the words of Jesus reveal the truth about God, and the truth sets us free. What does it set us free from? How many know this morning we're not slaves? How many know we're not slaves to sin? Aren't you glad for that? How many know we're not slaves to the devil this morning? How many know he can't hold us by the neck this morning? Right? But what does it, what, what, what do we stand firm? 
He says, if you hold to my words, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It is the, okay? It is the words of Jesus that reveal the truth about God and sets us free. Watch this. See, many people today, many believers, are living according to the lies of the devil because they don't know the truth because they don't know the words of Jesus. How many know, right here's the words of Jesus. And how many know when you know the words of Jesus, you know the words of truth. And how many know when you know the words of Jesus, you know the words of truth, you know the lies of the enemy when you hear them. All right, and, and you're bound because you're not free, because you're not free because you don't know the word, and you don't know the word because you're not in the word. And I can say this morning, get in the word, why? Because it's the words of Jesus that sets you free. All right, it's the truth that sets you free, but the truth is based upon what? The word of Jesus. The word of Jesus. All right? See, because through his words, the devil is trying to throw us down, grab us by the neck, conquer us. But the words of Jesus free us from the grip of of the devil. Isn't it amazing what happens when he starts messing with you? And you speak the words of Jesus to him. Hmm? Watch this. So get this. So Jesus is the source of truth. I stand firm because Jesus is the truth. I stand firm because when I know his words, I know the truth, and the truth sets me free. But it gets even better than that, because now the Bible tells me, I'm going to give you a couple, several different verses of Scripture, starting in John 14. Jesus said this, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. How many know we're speaking about Holy Spirit? Jesus was speaking about Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of truth, whom... The world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides in you and be with you. Can I just say something this morning? How many of you in here this morning, at least most of you, are saved? How many of you know you've been bought with a price? How many of you know you've been filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen? How many know because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can discern the things of God? The Bible says a spiritual man makes judgments on all things. Can I say something this morning? The Bible says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does know him or uh, see him or know him. Can I just suggest to you this morning to stop expecting the world who doesn't know Jesus to understand the things of Jesus and act like Jesus. We get all offended when they don't act like Jesus. Of course they don't act like Jesus. They don't know Jesus. His spirit isn't in them. So I would suggest to you that you show them, Jesus, through the truth, through compassion, through love. But that's another message for another day. Jesus goes on. He says, when the helper comes, whom I will send you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me, and you will also testify about, uh, I'll testify also because you've been with me from the beginning. Another one. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Now think about this for a moment. Jesus takes a moment, and he begins to speak to his disciples, whom had the word inside of them. He says, now says, I'm going to ask the Father, and the Father's going to send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Here's the principles. Number one, we stand firm because the spirit of truth within us protects us from the spirit of the lies outside of us. How many of you know this morning we live in the world? How many of you turned the TV on recently? Hear any lies of the devil? How many of you read the paper lately? Anybody read the paper lately? Anybody hear any lies of the devil? How many of you know this morning that we're living in a world that Paul talked about where there are rulers, authorities, and powers that work against us in dark places? Right? And we, okay, so now, but yet they're all around me trying to overthrow me, trying to throw me down, grab me by the neck. But guess what? The spirit of truth 
lives inside of me and he protects me from that which is outside of me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. All right, so, so, so understanding, I'm gonna stand firm, why? Because the spirit of God inside of me causes me to stand firm. We stand firm because the Bible, Jesus said, the spirit of truth reminds us of the truth of Jesus. Come on. How many, how many of you, well actually, it's pretty much not true today. How many know we pretty much can have a Bible on us 24 seven? You're saying, well, how can that be, Pastor? How many of you got one of these? Huh? How many of you got a Bible on one of these? Okay, please tell me there's more of you in here that have more. Please tell me there's more in here that have more Bibles on their phone than that. Okay, so how many know this morning that you literally can pick up the Word of God just about any time you want it? But how many know there are times in your life where, you know, I don't have the Scripture to go to, but the Spirit of God is going to remind me of what Jesus said. The Spirit of God is going to give me the words to say. The Spirit of God is going to quicken my spirit. I recognize that. That's a lie of the enemy. I recognize that. And this is what the Word of God says. Come on, church. This morning, if you're not standing firm and you're being tossed here and you're being tossed there and he's got a grip around your neck, I would suggest this morning that maybe you need to get into the Word, know the Word, and that the Spirit of God can remind you of the Word and the Spirit of God can protect you. I would suggest it's not his fault, it's our fault. Now, let me go on. Say, please do. Right? We stand firm because the spirit of truth within us guides us in the truth and away from the lies of the enemy. Anybody ever went on a guided trip? We went to Israel last year. By the way, let me throw a plug out there. We're going again next year. Listen to me. You want to have fun? Come to Israel. Go to Israel with us. Right? We have, a, we have a great time. It's a lot of fun. It's great educational. It's great inspiration. Walk Hezekiah's tunnel with us. That was a blast. Okay? 1,765 feet or something like that. So cool. I'm just telling you, it was so cool. Water up to about here, different places, in that tunnel. Just amazing. Anyhow, okay. But when we went, we had a guide. Why? Because we didn't know where to go. We, knew, we, didn't know how, where to, we didn't know how to get in and see the certain places. We had a guide who made the most of our trip. Do you know this morning, about Jesus said the Holy Spirit will guide us into truth? If he's guiding me, how many know I'm not going to get tossed here and there by the enemy? If he's guiding me into truth, I'm not going to live and operate out of falsehood. I must hurry on because i got a really long sermon today. So let me back up. So watch this. So I want you to get this. So, so first of all, we stand firm because Jesus is the truth of God. We stand firm because the words of Jesus set us free. The truth sets us free. We stand firm because now as believers, bought with a price, filled with the Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of truth who reminds us what Jesus says, who guides us into truth, that he protects us from the lies on the outside. But now something begins to happen in us, right? Now you and I, but okay, we begin to practice the truth. How many want to do an Alvin Iverson this morning? How many know what I'm talking about when I say let's do an Alvin, Alvin Iverson? Nobody. Okay, one, two. Practice. We're talking about practice. Never mind. All right. But he who practices, John 3, Jesus said, but he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. So now, listen to me, folks. I come to Jesus through salvation in him is truth. And then his word begins to set me free from sin. He begins to set me free from the enemy. He begins to set me free from this world. And then he fills me with the Holy Spirit to guide me and lead me and remind me what Jesus says. And now I begin to live it out. Now I begin to practice it. And how many know what you practice you will get better at? Right? I'm 54. How old am I now? 55, I think. I'm a better golfer than I was five years ago. Because I play a little more. But not as much as I'd like, trust me. 
How many of you have ever gotten better at something because you practiced it, right? And so now I stand firm. Listen to me, because why? Because first of all, we stand firm because we practice truth. Truth isn't just a concept. It isn't just a philosophy. It isn't just something we, it, it is something we operate in. It is something we do, all right? It, 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 can't, it can't be just a concept, a theological concept. It has to be a living reality, right? This, this word, um, let me put it this way. You live in what you practice, right? If you practice truth, you will live in truth. How many know truth is not reserved for the four walls of the church? How many know that we like to compartmentalize our life? This is my church life. This is my recreation life. This is my social life. This is my work life. When the fact of the matter is, we are to live in truth in every facet of our life. That we practice it. And what you practice is what you will live. Right? Now think about this. This word, it means several different things. One, it means to carry out. We stand firm because I'm carrying out the truth. Right? How many of you ever, how many of you ever go on a diet? Yeah, yeah. Don't we love them? Right? And you're doing good. And as long as you're carrying it out, you get what you're wished for. But how many know there comes a point where it's like, I don't want to carry this out anymore. I am sick and tired of this. I don't want another piece of lettuce. I don't want another tomato. I don't want another this. I want a piece of pie. I want pizza. I want stromboli. I want a calzone. Dough is good. <laughs> right? But as long as you're carrying it out, you're living in it. But then that moment comes. It's carrying it out. It, and we stand firm because we're executing the truth. It's a plan of execution, if you will, all right? It's amazing to me. Listen to me. The, what Jesus did and what Jesus does in our life and what he's given to us is not something that we visit. It's something that we live 24-7, that we're practicing it, we're executing it, all right? And then this one, we celebrate it. We celebrate truth. Come on. His words are life. His words are life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but his words, we understand what? But I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. You see, what Jesus said in John is he said that when we practice the truth, it leads us into light. Well, if it's leading us into light, how many know it's leading away from darkness? We stand firm because we're practicing truth that leads us away from the lies of darkness into the light of truth. And how do I live that out? Here's the, here's the great thing about it. And how do I live out this? How do I execute this? How do I do this? I mean, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit of God does it in me. Right? I am not set up to fail. I am not set up to fail by Jesus. I am not set up to not be firm. I am not set up to be unstable. I am not set up to be tossed here and there and to and fro. I am not set up by God to be held down by the enemy's hand on my neck. He said, what? Because it is truth that sets me free. He said what? Therefore put on the armor of God so that you may stand against the schemes of the enemy. The trickery, the deceit. And how do I stand against trickery and deceit of a liar? Truth. Truth always silences a liar. How many of you ever knew any liars? Don't you raise your hand. I'm telling you, I know some liars in my life. I know some of them may come in and say to me, man, it's a nice night out. I'm just going to see if the sun's out. And I ain't sure they're telling me the truth. I got some people that I'm telling you what, it's like, man, they've told me more lies than you can even imagine. And many times I've had to confront the lies. And how do you confront the lies? You confront the lies with what? Truth. How does God enable me to stand firm? He says, you stand firm in truth. Now let me go. I got a couple more and I'm done. Right? It's interesting. So I got, let me get, come on, Troy. I'll give you hope. <laughs> He's looking good, isn't he? 
Doesn't he look good? He's down how many, 20-some pounds? I'm really putting him on the spot today. He's carrying out his plan. He's executing his plan. He's practicing a plan. See how I worked that right into the message, Troy? All right. Now, watch this progression. So I've got an enemy that wars against me. I'm in a struggle. I'm in a wrestling match that he wants to throw me off and grab me by the neck and hold me down. But yet I understand this much. I can resist him because I'm going to put on truth and I'm going to live in truth. And that truth, first of all, begins and ends with Jesus because Jesus is truth. And it's his words, his words, the words of Jesus that enable me to know the truth and the truth of Jesus sets me free. And then what my Jesus does is he puts the Holy Spirit of truth inside of me to guide me and lead me and remember the words of God so that I can speak against the lies of the enemy. And then out of that, I begin to practice that and carry that out in my life so that now it becomes a natural part of who I am, not a come and go visit. And now, all of a sudden, I come to this place that the woman at the well came to. When she said, well, my, well, my fathers, our fathers said we got to worship on this mountain. And, and, and you guys say we got to worship on this mountain. Right? And Jesus says to her, I'll tell you what, woman. He said, the time is coming and now has come when his worshipers will worship him in spirit and truth. Huh. Hit me with this. You see, we stand firm. Because we worship in spirit and truth. Now bear with me just a moment. I would suggest to you this morning that sin is that sin is worship based upon a lie. You say, whoa. Okay, go back to the garden for a moment. Obedience, Adam and Eve's obedience would be worshiping God. Radical submission was worship of God. The enemy comes and says, oh, why don't you do what you want? God is withholding good from you. And God is withholding truth from you. And he's not going to judge your sin and you're not going to die. So, so do what you want. Worship yourself. Worship your own pleasure. Worship what you want to do. Because God's keeping something good from you. Because God's not telling you the truth. And all of a sudden, in that moment, man says, okay, because he's not good, and I don't believe he's good, and he's holding something from me, I'm going to do what he told me not to do. How many know you can't worship God in sin? How many know sin does not worship God? I'm not saying we never sin. I'm saying that you can't worship him with sin. Amen? And now I got sin that is worship based upon a lie, but we stand firm because Jesus is the truth upon which we worship God. Do you understand? Why? Okay, listen to me for a moment. Let me, let, me, let me just give you one last question. It says the lies of the devil are to bring us to a place of worshiping him because I mean, that's what he really wants. He was thrown out of heaven because he tried to exalt himself to the throne of God. Worship me. Self-worship. Worship me. The lies of the devil are to bring us to a place of worshiping him through deception. He's going to deceive to get us to worship him. He, Eve, Adam and Eve bowed to the serpent in the garden. But the truth, the truth of God, now revealed to us through Jesus, now causes me to worship God through that revealed truth. Now here's the deal. So she says, well, they say we got to worship over there, and you say we got to worship over here. Jesus, no, 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 no. Now his worshipers are going to worship in spirit and truth. And the way that you worship in truth is when you come to God through Jesus, who is truth. Come on, church. I don't worship God through any other medium than Jesus Christ. I come to him through the one who shed his blood, who bought me with a price. I come to him, and I don't worry about the four walls of a church, and I don't have to worry about getting it right because God judged it, and now I'm going to practice my righteousness, and I'm going to worship him in truth. Listen to me, because now the enemy's going to come into my life, and he's going to try to put all this distortion and all this deception. And I'm going to look at him and say, yeah, I get it but I'm going to worship him through Jesus. 
I'm not worshiping him through my good works. I'm not worshiping him through my good works because I can't do enough good works. I'm not worshiping him this morning through a building. I'm not worshiping him this morning through giving this, giving that. I'm not worshiping. I don't have any other medium by which I can worship him other than Jesus Christ. Because how many know Jesus was the way into the place of worship, which was the most holy place? If you, if you have any other medium this morning that you're trying to worship him with, you're not worshiping him in, in spirit and truth. You see, and, I, and I'm going to be done in about another 20, 40, 35, 50 minutes. I don't know. I'm about done. This is what Paul said. Paul said, listen, gang. There's a devil, and there's rollers, and there are authorities, and there are powers, and they're warring against you. They're wrestling against you. They're trying to throw you down and grab you by the neck. But, but, you stand firm, and you do it with the armor of God. But the way we start is you can do it because I stand firm in truth. Because it's truth of God that offset the lies of the devil. Because he's a liar from the beginning. His native tongue is lying. His nature is lying. And there's not a thing he says to you that is true. Not one thing. Listen to me this morning. There is not one thing that the devil says to you that is true. So now I stand. And how do I stand? I stand in the truth of who Jesus is. I stand in the truth of Jesus Christ. I stand in the truth that I know his words and his word sets me free. It set me free from sin. It set me free from death. It set me free from the devil. His Holy Spirit lives in me. How many, how many, how many, this, anybody here this morning, you might have been like me, maybe, maybe you've ever been tempted to sin. Anybody ever been tempted to sin? Okay, wrong crowd. I should have went to that other church this morning. There's sinners down there. And you wanted to. Come on, come on. How many know the Bible says we sin out of our own evil desire? The devil never made me do a thing. He just took advantage of what's inside of me. And how many of you wanted to sin? Oh, boy. I got way too much of a righteous crowd here. And you wanted to sin. But something, someone inside of you prompted you no this is the way walk ye in it how many know we don't say that from our flesh how many know we don't say that from our natural man no 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 our natural man wants to sin but the spirit man the spirit of God that lives inside of us says no let me guide you let me lead you this is what Jesus says truth is And then that becomes a practice and a habit. And then I come to a place where when I'm worshiping God, I can worship Him. Why? How can I, how can I, a hot mess, and you, who at times, I'm going to go over here and talk to Troy because they're not, they're not like uh, that you and I when we are tempted and have carnal thoughts alright and have carnal thoughts how many ever had a carnal thought how many ever had an evil thought and you feel weighted down you feel like I can't worship God today no 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 and then I say you know what <laughs> I can worship him because I'm not coming to him through Jim. I'm not coming through him through perfection. I am coming through him who the one through the one who is perfect. The one who is the perfect one. And now I can worship him in spirit and in truth because it's not based on Jim. It is based on Jesus. Oh, and now I worship. Yeah. Yesterday I had a big fight with my wife. I really didn't. I'm just using it as an illustration. And now I'm gonna be Pastor Jim today. No, I'm not coming through a, through, a, through a mantle of Pastor Jim to the throne room. I'm coming through the one who is truth, Jesus Christ. Come on, church. 
we worship in the spirit and truth because Jesus is truth and he's the medium through which we come to the Father. Oh man, it just gets me so stoked. I gotta calm down. I gotta stop. I gotta, I gotta let's say, let him, don't ever let him go for a wave three weeks again. Come on, stand with me. The devil's plan for you is to deceive you, is to lie to you, and to get you to act and react out of the lies he gets you to believe about God and about yourself. But God's plan for you is to stand firm. That you, God's plan is for you to stand firm. That's why he gives the armor of God. It is for you to put on and for me to put on that the enemy can huff and puff, but he cannot blow our house down because we stand firm in truth. Mm. Some of you have been tossed to and fro this week. Some of you heard the voice of the enemy this week. Some of you heard the lies of the enemy this week. God says, hear the truth. God says, hear the truth. God says, see the truth. God says, I am good. Even this morning in this house, there were those who were subdued in their worship because of their carnality and things that happened this week. The things that happened in their flesh, things that happened in their flesh caused them to be weighed down. But I say to them this morning that you're not worshiping through your flesh. You're not worshiping through you. You're worshiping through the one who is true. His name is Jesus. And so, Father, this morning, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the truth that sets us free. He does not have his hand around our neck. He cannot hold us down. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And God's people said, amen. Come on, Troy.